I may get controversy for this, but I think it's a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I'll give it a solid 8. Hey, yo, what's popping, guys? Welcome back to the Just Your Ordinary Movie Podcast. Uh, today I'm with Christo, and we're going to make a review of the new Top Gun movie. And compared to the old one. Uh, and then we're also going to do two Should You Watch segments. Because a couple of series came out, Stranger Things and Miss Marvel. Yes, so we're going to do... Should you watch Stranger Things? Max has watched it and I haven't. And then we're going to do Should you watch Miss Marvel? I've watched it and Max hasn't. And then we're going to do our review of Top Gun Maverick and how we think it compares to the original. Uh, also, I wanted to say, just to add a, a quick note, a Bro Academy Season 3 just came out. So if you want, you can contact us and we can make another episode about it. That's only if you contact us. Yes, if you if you want a review of the Umbrella Academy season three, uh, send us an email at themoviesimps at gmail.com. That's T H E M O V I E S I M P S at gmail.com. Be proactive and contact us. Uh, without further ado, let's begin with this podcast. Yeah. So uh, first first segment. Should you watch Stranger Things? So um. How this is gonna work is that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some questions and Max is gonna answer them and in the end we're going to do um, kind of a what's the word it's um uh, we're gonna do a consensus of should you watch it or not so uh, just qual- cl- cl- clarify this is um, Stranger Things season four volume one no spoilers. So the first question I wanted to ask, since um, horror is really not my genre, is it scary? Well, I hoped it was. It wasn't scary. Not the fourth season. The first season, in my opinion, is the best and it's the uh, most horrifying one. And after that, the show just screw up a little. Well, yeah, I actually watched the first season and I did like the scary elements of it, yes. What I think really carries season four is the nostalgia of the music, characters, you know, the 80s a lot, because that's when uh, the season takes place. Um, so yeah, the nostalgia of this Stranger Things universe is really strong. For my second question, I wanted to ask, um, since th- the story of this season, like what I know basically without spoiling, is some kids trying to escape a monster by, by listening to music. Does it come off as too cheesy or do they play it off like treat themselves seriously? Well, I think this was in season three, right? When they play the song while they... Exp- yeah, it is It is cheesy. Yeah, but, you know, that's Stranger Things. It's not like being realistic or something. It's just a thriller, comedy, horror, something like this, you know? Yes, yes. It, I think it's uh, like a thriller series. I do like that genre, so I, I'm going to try and watch it. It's just a lot of time. I have a few more questions. First one... Do you see any real character development in this? Because I've heard that the last season has had problems with that. Well, I think the last season developed the characters the most. Of course, it introduced some new characters, but many of the old characters were either left uh, without almost no screen time, and so for them, there was no development. But others, like the main character 11, also we have Mike. Those characters, well, they had a huge development. Uh, Just... 
their uh, during their teenage years and so i think the experience uh, uh, brings them a lot of you know new beliefs and uh, motives for future actions yes so well maybe maybe i heard that about the second season because the way it sounded does sound logical. Um, the first season of Stranger Things was really good. I, I never got around to watching the second or third, but first one was really good. Uh, do you think this one lives up to the hype created by the first one? Nope. Do any of the other ones do? No. It just, if you're a very huge fan, yeah. And if you want also to get bitches, of course, <laughs> uh, you can censor that. I don't want the episode to be explicit. But it's just that... A lot of teenage girls uh, do watch Stranger Things and enjoy it. And so by watching it, you can, you know, that's a secret. You can talk to many girls about it. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But no, it doesn't live up to the expectations. Yeah, but like, uh, would you say that it's better than some other seasons that have come out in the past? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like the second best season, in my personal opinion. Next to season one. Yeah, next season one. So far, that's only volume one. Yes, yeah, so... Uh, can, you, can you clear up some of the volume stuff for me? How many episodes are in each volume? How long are they? Okay, yeah, that, that's very important. So, usually a Stranger Things uh, season has eight episodes or nine, and they're around 50 minutes. This season, it's not the last season, but it is it is split into two volumes. The first volume is seven series, around one hour and 20 minutes. Each? Each, yeah. And the wow, second volume long. is only two episodes, and they're uh, two hours long. Oh my god, that is so much. That's like uh, feature films each. It's a lot. And that's not the last season. Yeah, that's the strangest part. Well, it, it seems Netflix really is giving everything they got on this. Because, I mean, that kind of length. It is, it is kind of the thing that made Netflix Netflix. So, I do get it, but... It contributed a lot, yeah. Yes, the, is the series like high budget or... Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of uh, effects. Also, I think the actors became really popular because of the very same show. Oh, yes. Millie Bobby Brown definitely have had her grace from that. Noah Schnapp. Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, Noah Schnapp. Also, you know, Winona Ryder is starring. Uh, uh, we have... Winona Ryder has been a famous actress for yeah, as long as I The remember. other guy, what was his name? Uh, uh, Tom. He played Jim Hopper. Yeah, yeah I, I know who the guy is. Dave just... something Dave. Yeah, he was the... Gary that I just call him like peacemaker lookalike but uh yeah I I don't remember remember anything from Black Widow that movie was bad it was awful let's not bring (laughs) bad memories yeah so um now I'm gonna like do kind of a consensus so uh do you let me just ask you do you think I should watch Stranger Things season 4 volume 1 if you have the time and dedication then yes I think it won't be a waste of time it will be worth it but if you have a very busy schedule, then no, it's it will waste your time. Do something more productive than Netflix and chill. You know, I'm a I'm a very hardcore movie fan, but I still think that Netflix and chill is a waste of time, and that's why I don't do it. I I do too. The the only time I can really kind of do that is when I'm somewhere where I have no internet. I just download a bunch of stuff on my streaming platforms, and uh, I I just like binge it. Watch this really good show called only murders in the building on disney plus recently yeah, it's, it's it's a fun thing to do but i never just like waste some of my actual time like wasted on that i only do it when i have like tons of free time 
So am I going to watch it? Probably for these reasons. Like you said, you can talk to a lot of people about it. Also, uh, it's going to be pretty lame if Volume 2 comes out and, it, and it's amazing and everyone's talking about it. And I can't like watch it because I haven't watched Volume 1. So I'll A, watch it or B, watch a recap of it. I think the thriller genre is also really interesting. And uh, after... It's been a while since I saw season one. It'll be interesting to see how these characters have changed and what the whole thing's about. Well, I will really be glad if you could watch it. Of course, you might probably uh, not be able, but still, uh, for volume two, so that we can discuss it in a future episode. Well, yeah, what I, what I think I'll do is I'll, I'll watch the first episode, and, and if I like it, I'll go on. If I don't, I'll just like watch a detailed recap of it. Well, it's still fine. Yeah, yeah it is. We can do a future episode, but I believe we're, you're going away, so we, we won't be able to record for a while. You know, I mentioned uh, the Umbrella Academy a while ago, and those two uh, series, they're very alike. And so I want to say that just the Umbrella Academy is taking a very better direction by still keeping uh, the quality very high. Yeah. So sp- speaking of shows that are good, I don't want to like go way too off topic here, but I, I haven't watched The Boys I feel like it's some sort of like good Marvel DC ripoff, but I'm hearing the most amazing things about the latest episode called Herogasm and the the show in general. Like, in in if if it's as good as it sounds, whoa, whoa, it is amazing. I haven't watched it the whole show because I don't have Amazon Prime, but uh, my one of my friends has it, and so. I was on his birthday party and we watched like three episodes, four episodes. Bro, those, that show is amazing. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, and it's it's not a Marvel and DC ripoff. I think it's an original comic that was dating way before. Yes, yes. Well, well no, it, it wasn't way before because like obviously they have motivation from that. But uh, like around the same time. Like I, I'm talking heroes like Homelander and uh, the, the other guy they, they are like based on some marvel and dc superheroes and, and honestly that's fine like if they're different enough to not be considered a ripoff i think that that makes the show great on its own well i should watch it definitely oh same yeah and the other show i just wanted to briefly mention is obi-wan kenobi obi-wan kenobi's fifth episode so the second to last was good and then episode six just blew me away like i know you shouldn't generally wait for the end of a show for it to become good but obi-wan oh my god well the first episode lost me so i probably won't watch it you know it gets progressively better until episode six is just this masterpiece i like there are a few scenes which are just so strong both emotionally and in in every sense you can imagine well Anyways, I'm glad that you consider watching Stranger Things. Let's see if I will watch Miss Marvel. Yeah, so let's get into that segment. So, uh, Miss Marvel, for those of you that don't don't know, is the latest Marvel production. uh, And it's also the latest Disney Plus production, right? Yes, and uh, uh, this is weird, but it's also the highest rated Disney production on Rotten Tomatoes now. With Black Panther being the second. Yeah, which I don't really understand. What, what's but, the uh, score? Like I said, what's the score? Ninety-six, uh, which is ridiculous. It does not deserve a ninety-six. Why is that? Have Have you read any reviews? 
I've watched it. Like, I, I can do my own reviews, but you can start asking the questions and I'll tell you why I don't think it's that good. Well, why don't you think it's that good? It isn't that good. To be honest, it's just, like, seems kind of boring to me because it's just this, like, kid superhero show that it's i get why people like it 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 has all the things you'd want but at the end it's just boring to watch in my opinion uh well is it like those disney channel uh you know way way back it's 2012 way then i i like those even more because miss marvel like i i haven't meant i have to admit the story's getting better um it has everything you want in a marvel show it's it, it has some unique qualities which i love about it And then it's just boring to watch, generally. Like, episode one was boring ass. But why is that? The the story isn't exciting. You don't care about the characters enough. Why is that? Well, no, not that I care. I just don't think there's enough stakes for me to care for them. Like, it's just some kids messing around. That's what it comes off as. And then you have this ridiculous story, which is just not the slightest bit believable. I see, I see. And <clears throat> is it is it vital for the MCU as a whole, or is it connected? So far, so far, well, it's definitely connected. It's an MCU show, but so far we have t- we have had some relevations in that show that might change the MCU as a whole. Oh, that big! It's that big of a show in the MCU. Well, well, no, I don't think the actual show has that relevance, but some things that are shown in the show. I see. Okay. I'll actually say this because this is not an actual spoiler. Uh, different, like more different dimensions exist, and we get like to know about another one or maybe more dimensions dimensions like in the in the multiverse dimensions or no 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 i i think it's just i think it's just another dimension like not another parallel universe just another dimension which will be very interesting it's like uh it's like you know what the show's trying to do it's trying to be uh because it's about muslim people obviously and i don't mind that i actually think it's a great key into those people's culture but like the show is trying to be all about muslim culture and like that have the story revolve around a, not only a superhero who is muslim but a superhero f- whose powers come through some like story about muslim gods and stuff which is it's basically what moon knight did for egyptian mythology but uh moon knight kind of worked this kind of didn't for me at least it's, people seem to love it which is weird well i think that mo- do, do you know what woke culture is oh no you know uh basically let, let me just get the right description i don't want to mess this up woke culture well that is a uh, alert to racial prejudice and discrimination uh basically that it means that uh you should provide any political or cultural sense to the movie and the story to make it more uh again politically correct right oh yeah yeah I, I do which know is what that basically is. what movies do nowadays i don't ha- yes. i don't have a problem with that but if it doesn't contribute to the story, then don't put it. Okay. That's definitely. Yeah. I don't. I don't mind the scenes of them doing religious stuff. I. I mind that the whole story is centered around stuff from uh like Muslim mytho- mythology, which I kind of worked with Egyptian mythology, but this just doesn't do it for me. It's not compelling enough. The stakes are not high enough. Well, I don't maybe know. maybe you just didn't put it in an, any interesting way, but still. Uh, if you're making your character Muslim only for the sake of having Muslim viewers, uh, well, I don't think that's 
that's enough. You know, you should create a compelling story. And that's what I think yes. Marvel is missing with all of their yeah, recent productions. I hope really Thor, Thor Love and Thunder. I hope this turns out great. Yeah, well, without being racist, isn't that like the reason why Black Panther has like an Oscar? It's not that good. It just centers around a black guy and his culture. Well, I liked Black Panther, but still, yeah. That's when Marvel became woke. I, I liked it, but it is not even scratching the surface of my top five MCU movies. And it's like the most highly rated production. It's won an Oscar. Eh, I don't know about that. Well, it's in my top five movies, but still, it's not in the top three. <laughs> I don't know if it's in the top five, but Iron Man is better, and that's kind of where we're at for me. Well, if the show is boring, then... I probably won't encourage anybody to watch Miss Marvel. Of course, I haven't watched it. But still, um, I don't think that you should literally waste your time doing something that you won't even enjoy. And it's, you know, not really important to watch it. I, I get your point, but I think that maybe some people should try it because I've heard these like huge content creators talk about it with such enthusiasm. So maybe it's just doesn't appeal to me yeah as maybe it's not for everybody that that, yes. that can also be the case but still uh i my philosophy in life is to do only the important stuff the ones that really develop you i really prepare my movies uh which are meaningful and i only watch them the other ones action comedies i watch them only at times when i have nothing to do and so i want my viewers to be a very thoughtful people so don't waste your time on things that aren't important at all okay i agree with you perfectly that's the reason why i won't watch miss marvel speaking of genres you know what really isn't my genre action i like it, i very rarely have watched an action movie and genuinely not been bored out of my life well you know thank you for mentioning that uh, mentioning that top gun was an action movie and it was actually really good i mean the second yeah, part it's, it's probably the first good action movie i've seen in the last two three years like i'm not talking the one that like i've watched it, the ones that's come out so uh without further ado let's slide into our third and main segment of the episode top gun maverick top gun <laughs> well to be honest with you i haven't watched the first part until i watched the second one so many people say there was a lot of nostalgia and that's why they really really liked top gun the second part, Maverick. But I haven't watched the first part uh, until, of course, uh, I went to the cinema. So there wasn't any nostalgia with me. But still, I really enjoyed the movie. Okay, so um, I think how we should do this is first we can talk about the first Top Gun movie and when we thought of it. Because that will help us better, like, understand the comparison between the two. Okay, sure, sure. Okay, so uh, Top Gun is a movie that I grew up with. Uh, <laughs> my dad, being the Top Gun fan he is... He's always, like, watched it when it's on TV, and I've watched long, so I've always known what the basic plot revolves around. Uh, one problem I had with rewatching it, like, a few months ago, you can never really understand what's going on. It's kind of complicated. Exactly. I started watching this movie, and I was like, is this really that good? Because I couldn't understand anything happening in the movie. The action sequences, which is basically the main thing. I only saw oh, yeah. people's faces 
blurred in airplanes and I couldn't see where the, those airplanes were. Yeah, me neither. But one thing that was good about it was the practical effects. Like it, it just, it looks flawless. And with, with a movie revolving around airplanes made in the 80s, that is an actual rarity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, in the 80s, that's like 40 years ago. Can you imagine? Almost. How much we progressed in the last two years. Now imagine yeah. for the last 40, <laughs> they made this Wow. Movie. Well, yeah, it, even though the action sequences were not all that for me, I think it had some great mo moments, uh, especially probably my favorite is um, Tom Cruise and the guy who plays Goose singing Great Balls of Fire. Iconic. It had it has probably the most iconic soundtrack for me. I mean, uh, some of these songs just... Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins is what i imagine when you say air force um take my breath away by berlin that's one of the most iconic ballads basically what he's trying to say is that when you hear those songs in such a context they hit different yeah but like the, the soundtrack is perfect i think for the original top gun and uh that like the actual score by harold Folter foltermeyer was also good like i think this is the first movie along with top gun maverick which I've actually, like, googled and listened to the soundtrack after coming out of the theater. Well, to be honest, the theme of the movie is kind of weird. It's good once you uh, get to like it, but it's weird. Oh, the, the Top Gun anthem, the one that goes like, done. Kind of no rhythm to it, you know. Well, yeah, but once you get to know it, it's nice. And uh, for me and, and for my dad, it brings a lot of nostalgia. Like, uh, he, he almost teared up when he heard those uh, first few notes in the theater. Because, like, we went to see it on opening night, and we also saw it 4DX. I also watched it 4DX. Uh, 4DX was really nice, right? The experience, right? yeah. I mean, airplanes, 4DX. Uh, so, for Top Gun Maverick, our opinions of the movie we'll get into that a bit later i wanted to talk about the what we think of like the actors team the cast because i think it was great uh is this a movie that made tom cruise famous the original top gun yes it is the, it also really made aviator sunglasses famous but top cruise is a claim to fame is basically this he was like in a few things before this but this is what really kicked him off for some for uh the casting director he chose someone that isn't famous at all, didn't have any experience, and think he made some really good casting choices. Oh yeah. Uh, well, first, before getting into the cast, I want to like pay my respects to Tom Cruise. What an amazing, cool, uh, just such a cool guy for like all the dedication he has to doing his own stunts, his own stunts at like sixty. Uh, all that dedication to the practical effect. Just I sit in awe and dream to one day be. Uh, half the man he is really he, he also is in great shape he's in great shape he does not look like he's 60 exactly uh well yeah uh, for me the only surprise in the casting was kelly mcgillis who played uh charlie his love interest in the first movie not coming back who's that uh, the the actress you mean oh 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 yeah yeah, yeah okay kelly mcgillis i didn't so, know yeah. by her by the name did you like the the casting decisions for all of the like main aviators in this i movie? forgot his name but yeah the one that played in war dogs this guy he was amazing also oh uh, i don't i haven't watched that movie like can you give me some uh, kind of pointer yeah the one with the mustache uh goose oh goose. rooster yeah it's goose's son yeah I goose's mean. son rooster. yeah but he also goes by the name goose right no, he goes by Rooster. Rooster, okay. Yeah, Rooster, exactly. What, what's his 
What's the actor's name? Uh, the actor's name is Miles Teller. Yeah, Miles Teller. This this guy, one of my favorite actors. Yeah, also a surprisingly good singer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I out of this movie, I think all the casting was great. I really enjoyed the character Bob. I think he was great. Bob was great. Well, actually, I I'm kind of fresh because I saw the movie for the bajillion time. Well, like you know, yesterday. You know what's what's the thing? Uh, there isn't so many actors playing in the movie. The story revolves mainly again uh, around how many five actors, cast members, characters. I think that's a good thing because having too much characters. Yeah, can really exactly. I think that this movie really succeeded in uh, telling the story it has to offer. You know, just revolving around character development more than what is going to happen. Yeah, and also honorable mention, the woman who played uh, Phoenix, I believe was her consign, also did a great job fitting in with all the guys. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was also woke culture in this movie, as I said. Uh, there there is a uh, women in the, uh, a, what is this? Uh, Avio Topsy. Naval. Yeah, na- something around naval the Navy. A- so, yeah. Well, uh, yes, I get that, but I, I think it was acceptable because she yeah, did a great she, job. Yeah, she did a really in. great job. You know, usually women don't work those jobs. Yeah, but like... She did a really good job. And it didn't feel it didn't feel so unnatural like, the, like it usually is with Marvel movies. Yeah, I think uh, she played her role well enough to like for viewers to forget about that and just enjoy the movie. For what it really is. Uh, what do you think of the practical effects for this movie? Practical effect. Can you remind me what practical effect was? Everything. Everything in this movie is practical. No CGI. Absolutely no CGI in the entire movie. You're shooting me. Uh, what about the bombs? You know, the explosions? No, no, no. That's that's uh, all real. The, the only CGI thing is... Um, do you remember when, like, the the enemy 5th generation fighters? Yeah. That's a Su-57 Fallon. That's uh, Russia's 5th generation fighter. They're very limited and obviously Russian, so they couldn't get their hands on any. So they just used, like, some dummy aircraft and then yeah, did a CGI record. I also but think it, that still at the plane. beginning, you know, he was in this really, really fast airplane. Oh, the Dark Star. Well, the Dark Star, again, it's not, it's fictional. It's, uh, this is actually really interesting. Uh, the most legendary spy plane in American history, the Lockheed Martin SR-71 Blackbird, uh, it's, it's known for being really fast and stuff. Uh, the same company who made it are actually developing its successor, SR-72. And, um, this is actually... A render of what the SR-72 will look like when it's finished. So Lockheed Martin actually made the mock-up for the for the Dark Star themselves. Well, it's still CGI, right? <laughs> so the the actual like where, when they're drawing it on the ground and stuff, it's not CGI. It's like an actual prop. Uh, when it's flying in the air, that's again there is a plane flying in the air. It's just not the Dark Star, as yeah, there is see, no flyable okay. Dark Star. It was CGI'd over another plane. That's the, all of the CGI in the movie, I kid you not. Yeah, I trust you. I mean, most of it was... You know, if you think about it, the action sequences were around 40% of the movie, right? Yes, yes. How, how much time do you think they spent on filming them? Because if it actually isn't... If there actually isn't any CGI, then I think that... They should have retaken all the bombings, for example. Also the one oh, yeah. where they were going down, almost collapsing into the ground scene. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
That should have taken many retakes. Take took many and many. Uh, so actually, and money as well. I I heard that the director of the movie, Joseph Kaczynski, also a Chad, by the way, along with Tom Cruise, especially. So Joseph Kaczynski. Uh, he, you know what an aircraft carrier is, right? Yeah. So he wanted to get the opening shot, which matches the first movie's opening shot, obviously, of all the planes flying off the carrier. Uh, but to get like that kind of lighting, they had to turn the carrier around. And uh, the guy was the CEO of the carrier was like, that will cost $20,000. So Joseph Kaczynski just wrote him a check for $20,000. He turned the carrier around and they shot the sequence. Actually, from his own money. I don't know if it was his own money, but he did do that. Why? Why is it twenty thousand dollars? Well, an aircraft uh, carrier is a extremely heavy, uh, b ex- extremely expensive to fuel. But the real expense here is these planes that are launching off it. Do you know how much an F thirty five costs per hour to fly? How much? Forty thousand dollars. You're shitting me. Really, forty thousand? Well, uh, the F thirty five is the most advanced fighter jet in the world. It's Yes, forty thousand. So all of the all of the sequences and that you saw, just Tom Cruise actually learned how to pl- uh, fly a plane. One of those so R thirty five or whatever F thirty five. Uh, well, the planes they fly that's not F thirty five. That's F 18s I'll explain that in a second. But Tom Cruise can actually fly a plane, but he's not in the Navy, so he can't just fly. Um, do you know how much an F eighteen costs like no. per unit? It's like $80 million per unit, so he can't just go around flying that. So what they did is they got dual seaters, and there was a guy in the front plane uh, driving the plane, and Tom Cruise was, like, still in the back, and he was being, like, they shot his actual reactions to those maneuvers and stuff. He was just, like, in the back seat. Yeah, I see. And they CGI... Well, it's not CGI, but they made him look as if he's in the front. Well, the only thing they had to change, I think, is the reflections in this, like, helmet, because that's all reflective surfaces. Yeah, stuff, yeah, okay, yeah, that's also true. But that's still really cool, because, like, they actually did put, like, a 9G manure. Uh, do you know what 9Gs is? Uh, well, yeah, it's like turning upside down, like a 9. No, uh, so, no. Uh G is the force of gravity. So, okay. um, do you know when you're flying like in an airliner, when you take off, like for a second you feel a slight push, like your body's pressed down hard. Okay, yeah. That is you experiencing more, like for example, twice the force of gravity on your body. So you weigh twice is what you regularly weigh and that's crushing your body. Okay. Nine Gs is nine times the force of gravity. So you weigh close to 2,000 kilograms. And um, like the guy, like Tom Cruise said it, your spine crushing your skull, barely, your your brain barely surviving. And uh, l- people black out during this. Like this is Yeah, it, it was part tough. of the movie, yeah. That's a very tough feat. And honestly, it's very hard when you're starting to black out, not to black out and keep control. You know, in the movie, they didn't put a lot of... Uh, thought into that but not thought focus but it is actually really hard not to black out very uh, but well when you're a top gun graduate like you graduated at the top of the class you are the best of the best so yeah, but see you're unconscious of your body at that certain moment well if you black out yes if you don't black out you are still conscious but you're fighting not blacking out yeah okay fair point yeah, so uh, the reason they fly F-18s, which is an 
slightly older aircraft is they actually have a really good fictional um, explanation of it like they say they can't use the F-22 because it's not carrier compatible so that leaves the newest aircraft that can do it the F-18 and the F-35 uh, they can only do it in an F-18 because it's the only one it's a double-seater basically there is a double-seater there is no F-35 double-seater so at least they do a good job of fictionally clearing up why they're doing this well I don't think it was really important but still yeah for the fans and nerds out there I think it is a good thing to mention in a movie oh yeah, yeah. definitely and uh, so y you know that in the first movie the planes they flow all of them uh, that's the F-14 Tomcat and uh, at the end of the movie that's what Maverick and Rooster flew um, well there were three planes flying to complete the mission right so so uh, four, four. Uh, but after that uh, remember when Maverick saved Goose's life, so he had to eject out of his plane. Yeah. And uh, then Rooster came back to save him. Okay, and then and the other guy came, the blonde one. Uh, that's Rooster. Them. No, 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 that's not Rooster. The arrogant one. Oh, Glenn Powell's. Yeah, Glenn Powell's, here. yeah. Yeah, but how, it's, the way they flew back to the carrier is they stole this enemy aircraft, remember? Yeah, yeah I remember that. That's the F-14 Tomcat, the mo the plane that Tom Cruise and Goose flew in the original Top Gun. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's very old. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't notice that. That's really interesting. Yeah, damn. Well, the, the movie just has so many details, and it, it has a lot of, like, fan service without feeling too, like... Because I, I saw it with people who have not watched the original, and they still thought it was great. Yeah, it was great. It's not so overloaded with... Uh, unneeded, yeah, details. Uh, what did you think of Jennifer Connelly as the love interest, Penny Benjamin? Penny? Uh, well, well, I think she did a great job. Maybe they put a little bit too much screen time onto her. Yes, I think that the, the there was this scene between her and Maverick, which is the only dull part of the movie. I think it's like five-minute sequence, probably. Well, what, what were they doing? They're just uh, having sex. Well, it, it, it was a great movie, even with that. It wasn't that long, too, right? How much? 40 minutes. A one two hours and six minutes. Two hours and six. No, wasn't it one hour and 40 minutes? No, it was It was like, it, it was really long, but it, it was so compelling that you couldn't even feel the time passing by. Right, exactly, right? I thought it was one hour and 40 minutes. By the way, doesn't Glenn Powell just seem like the coolest dude in real life? He just looks like so cool. Right, right. Well, I haven't seen him in real life, <laughs> uh, you know, of course, obviously. But yeah, from from the photos, yeah. He's like his character is surprisingly likable for being what he is. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is something that gets addressed a lot. Uh, what do you think of Val Kilmer's cameo? Who's that? Uh, Iceman. Iceman. Um, I think that. Well, first of all, I didn't expect him to be. The uh, mute. He he's not exactly mute. So basically, what happened is yeah, he had some uh, throat problems, something like this. Throat cancer. Throat cancer. 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 Is it? Is it? Was it? Okay. He had cancer. Yeah, and the the actor had it in real life as well. He barely survived. Really? Well, that's like an Easter egg, right? Yeah, they tied his throat cancer battle into the movie. Well, it was really interesting. And there were some very, very strong moments uh, Yeah. when he wrote on the keyboard. Because, of course, f we didn't want to waste time with this conversation. So it had to be really direct and straightforward for the viewers to understand yes. it. And it was just well, like, 
you know, there was also this uh, meme coming up. I didn't ask, right? You know, it's from TikTok. Oh, and yeah. so when he say you should come here and Maverick was like, I'm busy. And he said, I didn't ask. Something like this. That was really funny. I wondered yeah. if this was on purpose for the meme, but no, he was just uh, higher in the hierarchy. Yeah, well, uh, Val Kilmer's real like battle with throat cancer was really heartbreaking. I like read this article a while ago about him watching like food channels and recipes, uh, urging for the day he'll be able to eat again. Ah, well, I wish to nobody to ever have cancer. Yeah, it just... It doesn't matter what kind, no cancer. Yeah, he, thankfully he's better now, he can like talk. Seen a few interviews with him. Well, uh, I hope he's doing good, yeah. I hope that too, he's uh, really, his character like was so touching and his death was also like, it hit me, the funeral is emotional. Um, well, let's change the topic. Uh, How much would you rate Top Gun? I may get controversy for this, but I think it's a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I'll give it yes. a solid 8 for an action movie. Yeah. Really? 8? Eight? 8. You you rank it lower than like the Batman? How did... I think you did like a 8. Well, the story itself didn't have any me- meaning. It was just really for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's well, why. Well, the, the, the way I rank these movies is just purely based on how much i enjoyed the movie oh i enjoyed it like 9.5 out of 10 yes there were some moments that where i was just a little bit boring bored yeah but for me there was only one if if we're talking about entertainment from the movie yes it was on a whole new level for an action movie without being a, a comedy well yeah because you might you might be surprised but i saw this movie three times in theaters and that's so far and every time I've seen it, I have found new details, Easter eggs, and I've been absolutely compelled by the story time and time again, and by how well it all comes together into what I would call a cinematic masterpiece. Oh yeah, um, but if we're <coughs> talking about the story and the morality, moral of the story, you know, there wasn't yeah. much to think about. But still, if if you're talking about uh entertainment enjoyment fulfillment then yes i think it did a really good job well yeah but like uh re-watching the first top gun which was what three months ago got me back into the whole fighter jet thing so i actually bought this game on sale like a day ago it's called ace combat 7 and i played ace combat x on my playstation portable and it's just so much fun i went to this um avio show here in bulgaria uh, demonstrations of our entire fleet of military aircraft. Spoiler alert, it's not very large. The, the whole country has like, what, four fighters operational and then um, six attackers, but we have uh, eight F-16s arriving in two years, so finger cur- fingers crossed for that. And I think this movie was also, like, it got me... It got me... What's the word? Um inspired it inspired me to get more into knowing these kind of things well that's a great thing i mean if a certain uh story can inspire you to be more uh curious uh thoughtful or whatever if it makes you if it it makes you do action take action then it means it's a really great story Yeah. yeah 
No matter, no matter how tragic it is, it is a good story. Exactly, and uh, uh, I wanted to say um, this movie also did a great job of having a lot of planes appear in it. So uh, at the beginning we had the Dark Star, uh, then we had the F-35, just no one flying it, but just like it launching. We had the F-18, which they flew, the F-14, which they got back in, uh, Russia's fifth generation fighter, the that's one the Su-57. The one, the one they stole? Uh, yeah, I, that's the one they came back in, that's F-18, what I meant. Yeah. No, 35. No, the F-14. 14, F-14. okay, okay. 14. The old one, the F-14 Tomcat. And um, the Su-57 is like some weird-looking CGI recreation of it. So uh, just to clear things up, fifth-generation fighters. They're, they're like the latest gen of military fighters. Only a few countries have developed them. America has two, the F-22 Raptor and the F-35 Lightning. Uh, Russia has the Su-57, and Japan has the J-20, I believe it's called. Um, and we also, at the end of the movie, if you cut it, uh, you could see Maverick and Penny flying in this, like, older World War II, World War II plane. Uh, that's the P-51 Mustang, legendary plane, which a lot of stuff has been based on. Well, yeah. I mean, if they have the money and they want to be that uh, authentic to use real planes, then yeah, why not use real planes? Uh, well, the budget of this movie is also really high, but I think that bec- especially because the lack of VFX and all of this being practical, I think that really is a big part of why I loved it so much. Well, when I first watched the movie, I didn't thought about any. I didn't think about any. V effects, practical effects, any of that sort of uh, post-production. I was just thinking about, do I really like this movie or not? And the answer was yes. So, <clears throat> for me, uh, V effects weren't a thing that made me like the movie more or not. Yes, but it, it really didn't have anything that looked bad because it was all real. Yeah, not, nothing looked bad. And actually, in 4DX, the effects from the cinema itself really contributed to the uh, experience. They did. Yeah. They definitely did, actually. And uh, I think even the training sessions had some really good moments. Training like... sessions, those... You know, I don't know why, but I felt very... Uh, th- there was this tension between them, who is going to be better than the other. And that, I think, is what kept them uh, being so interesting. I, I definitely agree and like even the moment of so so what happened is first this guy uh, I don't I think it was payback who who blacked out and uh, he nearly died and then there was a bird strike which is like props to them for including that a bird strike is actually something that happens in real life it's when birds get into the engines and uh, what happened is Phoenix and Bob they were gonna die and uh, their, like, will to save the aircraft almost killed them. And at that point, Maverick was shouting, like, eject, eject, because he has, like, tragic experience. But I think this really well contrasts the difference between an experienced pilot like Maverick with over 40 years of service and the still very skilled but newer pilots like Phoenix and Bob. Yeah, but, you know, what was also very interesting? Most of those people, uh, not people, recruits uh for this mission they were very arrogant they thought they were the best fly uh yeah fly uh flighters and so then maverick comes up and they're oh i'm i'm going to i'm going to show you who's the boss here and then he just yeah that was really sad then he was just like i'm going to be chill with you guys 
and he taught them so much so so much yeah and i i really appreciated even not the action parts of an action movie which is a rarity i loved the beach scene where they play some sort of make made up football game and and the song by one republic in the background oh my god this this song it, it is really good i listened to it after that Oh, me too, me too. The The whole score and soundtrack of the movie was just as good as the first one. And it had, I think, the perfect amount of nostalgia and, like, recurring themes and original stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what people are trying to do now, now right? Yeah, well, it, it was actually... You know, actually, I, I wanted to say, you know how uh, in movies which are... Let's say 200 years ago. People still want to make them look modern. That's strange. Yeah. I know, I know. Well, uh, this movie was scored by the original composer, Harold Foltermeyer, along with Hans Zimmer. And I mean, Hans Zimmer is Hans Zimmer. That's pretty self-explanatory. Hans Zimmer. You, if you don't know who he is, then you've definitely watched the movies he has composed for. He Th- is that's a fact. amazing. That's a fact. He's like... One of the greatest people to ever live uh, in this world nowadays. Nowadays. Yes, he's uh, like along with John Williams. He's probably my favorite composer. He's my favorite. Top one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think. Do you have anything more to say about this movie in general? Uh, no. I just want to say that if you haven't watched it, then you should definitely watch it. You should definitely just run to the theater right now and watch it. Uh, well. If you enjoyed this episode, you should definitely listen to some other episodes of this podcast. That would be a great help to us. For sure. Also, contact us if you want to make an Umbrella Academy episode. And, like, also just subscribe to the podcast. That does a lot in general. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Why not? Why not to subscribe? Yeah, what will it cost you? Nothing. Yeah. But, of course, subscribe only if you want to. Okay? Yeah. It's it's very voluntary. So until the next episode, uh, have a nice day and drink a lot uh, of food. Eat a lot of food and drink, yeah, eat, eat a lot of food <laughs> and drink a lot of water. Bye. Bye.